an immense, robust, stuffed and packed show to get to today. There is a lot to review. Obviously, we have the draft to look at. We have mystery rules, the actual draft itself, teams. We have breakdowns. We have matchups. The first week of the regular season is pending. We're ready to kick. We are less than a week away from the first game. So much to get to, Brent. So little time, obviously. It's going to be a, a big, big show. Partner, welcome in. And welcome in, Stinky Nation, to this second episode here coming out of the draft. You know, uh, coming out of the draft, not only do we have a packed episode, but there was a lot of braggadocio, fanfarinade, schadenfreude, rotomontade coming out of the draft, Jay. There was... <laughs> Big talk coming out there, and uh, I think we know who that came from. We have proclamations of super teams. We have team names coming out literally while we're on our, our call, on our record today. Team names are just flowing out after the slight debacle that was the missed deadline on Sunday, but we have an extension, and now they're, they're just coming in hot and heavy. They may even come in while we're talking on this show. I will keep an eye on the WhatsApp here to see if anything pops up. We might have a breaking news alert. Who knows? But um, that being said, you know, you're going to hear a lot from us. But, you know, it's, I think it's time to hear a little bit from you guys here in uh, in your favorite section here. Welcome to the Feedback Corner. Welcome to the Feedback Corner. I'll take Russell Gage for James Robinson for for me two 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 million one million fab trade it back. Can we can we retranslate that maybe? Yeah, two yeah, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And kicking it off, Jay, you, what you were hearing there was the voice of none other, none other than Mark Spross. I, and I don't know exactly what, what was being said there, but that is audio that was recorded sometime at the draft. I'd have to tech, check the time signature. Uh, when that was recorded, but it couldn't have been early based on how wasted he sounded there. It was definitely at the end of the draft. I remember it was everybody had filled their board at this point. Spross was taking his little stroll around the room uh, and just kind of taking in everybody's teams. And yeah, it sounded like, I, you know, I kind of forgot about that conversation until I just heard it. I still don't know exactly what, what the proposition was. I, it sounds like 
Russell Gage for Robinson, which <laughs> Ross, I, we, we could maybe talk. I'm not, I'm not disinterested in that, but I don't know the parameters. I'm not sure. Was it 2 million and then we take a bath together or was it <laughs> 1 million and then we take a bath? So I think there was a bath of some sort happening in, in the proposed deal. So I'm not sure about that. Was that more or less wasted than the uh, the infamous South Beach Kiki Paso uh, feedback calls? It, it's a toss. I He was not in a good frame of mind at the end of the draft when that Uber came to ferry him back home so that he could watch his kid. <laughs> so I, I, I'd say probably, uh, I, I think maybe drunker that night. I'd say he probably reached Brent levels of when we saw him like passed out on the casino floor that one <laughs> or, or or when he peed the elevator at that say at that house in, in Atlanta that's, city that's a good point he might have been elevator p level uh when when he made that trade proposition so i don't know spross we could talk offline maybe now that you're that you're in a better frame of mind get at me <laughs> Yeah, that that, that we could take sounds... a bath. Yeah, we could take a bath together and talk it over. That trade really sounds like it's going somewhere. Um, <laughs> all right, enough enough of that. Spross has a lot of uh, drunken highlights we can talk about for a long time, but let's move on to the next one here, uh, coming in from none other than Mike Stover. All right, so yeah, uh, another year, another reading through the rule manual. Yes, someone made it look nicer and can more concise, but you cannot dog shit. Anyway, I'm reading the entire thing again, going like, just tell me what the fuck is different. Just tell me what the fuck is different. And then, Booty sends two emails, the same exact thing. Same exact thing. Like, different, different subject. It's the same shit. So, like, I spent 40 minutes just, just like, fucking rerunning my life from the past. Thanks. Great work. Look forward to seeing you all. Stover loves those rules document. It sounds like, I, I, you know, I'm glad he he at least gave the person who made it look nicer props. That would be me. But it, it sounds like he does not like the verbose tendencies of uh, of the commission. Yeah, I think since since Stover's been in the league for whatever almost 20 years now, I think what he what he's asking for here is like a bullet point, uh, maybe just a few brief whatever changes there are maybe we could do a PowerPoint or something for him, uh, like a five, like a three to five minute PowerPoint next year with just bullet points of the actual changes within the rule docs. Stover, let us know if that would, that would make it easier for you. If that's something you're interested in. Honestly, that's not the worst idea. It, it might be a good idea for next year to just put out the changes and hope that everyone's accustomed with the rules they just encountered for the past year. So maybe, uh, that might be a nice little innovation for the rules release next year. I, I will take this feedback call as a uh, constructive criticism, I think. And maybe it's something that the C-suite can work on uh, providing just a real quick bullet point change. I, that's yeah. Okay. So Stover, you've been heard, bro. We hear you. We see you. Okay. We're going to make this change next year. We're going to make it happen just for you. But he's got something else to say. Oh my God. Um, I'm scrolling through WhatsApp. I think Booty took a video of him and his wife out at the restaurant. Uh, I think it's like a message to me. I got to tell you one thing. The percentage that I look at that, 0%. And percentage of cringe that I even think about it, to look at it, is 100%. There's 0% chance I watch that, and it's 100% cringe. There's, I'm sorry, Amanda, it's not you. It's your husband going out to dinner and making you do a video 
to me, like just take the thousand dollar bet, Dick Face. The whole thing is so stupid. Just um, there's no chance I'm looking at that. Zero percent chance. Holy fucking cringeworthy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so about that about that video. I mean, I watched it uh, probably, and and I saw him literally like probably 15 minutes after that was recorded. He was he was very happy about it, asking me if I watched it. I did watch it. I did feel the same emotions that Stover did, however, because he was definitely kind of like force feeding a narrative for Amanda to uh, like promote. And, you know, Jay, I know I know you uh, more than anyone can probably understand where I'm coming from when I say this. But, you know, Booty is at his best when you fluff his ego. So, you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, you have to. Fl- so you know she was being a good wife there and you know he probably performs his best when his ego is a little fluffed so you know from her perspective i can understand why why that happened but it was definitely a cringeworthy kind of like uh pushing a narrative you know for him right well yeah i mean there was a little bit of leading the witness there uh, <laughs> moment where he's where he's like would you say it was a super team <laughs> <laughs> So that, yes, there's a, I mean, I think the one thing we could take from that video and just the WhatsApp chain, uh, Brent, in the last couple of days is he's back. I mean, the, the commissioner is back. How long it lasts, we're, we're yet to see, but th- he's feeling very good about himself and his team early on here. I mean, I think we can all, I think we can all agree that the super team narrative is here to stay probably at least for the first three weeks. We'll have to see. If the team doesn't doesn't perform, then maybe he's gonna slink back a little bit. But if the if the team performs, this super team narrative, I I don't know. I Brian, I, I this is a this is a big call your own shot moment for him. I mean, you never really know exactly how your squad's gonna come together. We could talk about this when we review the teams, but I mean, he's swinging for the fences. I've seen or heard the term super team like fifty times in the last week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's generous. Uh, I mean, it could be more, but um, th- he's definitely exploring the the depth of the GIF accessibility of the of, of Dream Team and Super Team. We'll see if he can come up with another term for his team to kind of expand the the GIF usage beyond Super Team and Draft Team. But so far, he's he's coming strong with that, and you know, it's really no different than than any other any other year with with him you know he typically starts off with this kind of super team narrative and and i gotta tell you last year he he did create a super team when he traded you travis kelsey so you know if he has a super (laughs) a super team this year that would be two years in a row he created a super team so you know maybe he's on a roll there but but, uh, so what you're saying is he should start exploring my bench for possible Justin Jefferson trades at this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that might be his quickest path to creating a super team is just uh, maybe maybe uh, sliding one over to you there, like like last year. But uh, Spross, I'm sorry, the the Russell Gage deal in the bath is off. I'm trading him to Booty for Justin Jefferson instead. Wow, wow, all right, that's that's that's. So speaking of, we we do have some trades. There's already been a couple trades that are uh, noteworthy to talk about. So we'll shoot that shot in a little bit. But, <laughs> but let's uh. Let's uh, talk about the draft first. I think we need to do this in some kind of chronological order here and uh, start with the draft uh, high notes and low notes. I will uh, 
I'll let you shoot this first shot and talk about the um, the draft high notes. Like what coming out of the draft, what what stuck with you as kind of like high notes from the draft? Well, I, I think the obvious takeaway, and I, I think I speak for you and all of Stinky Nation in saying that we've been clamoring for the Saturday draft for a while now. It finally it came to pass, and it was incredible, I thought. I, I don't think an, literally anybody had any negative things to say about it, except for maybe Booty with the logistics. But Brent, several yeah. people loved that Saturday draft, myself included, and I, I, I just don't think it could have went any better. We were done even running a little bit late, I think. I think our, our planned out time went, I think we overshot it. I, I think we ended around 10, 9, 30, 10. But then, I mean, we had like seven hours, seven hours of game gaming and enjoying each other's company after the draft ended, which is exactly what we were aiming for. I just, I had a great time. Yep. And speaking of gaming, I'm going to put the high notes that, um, that you know, that basketball game was, was a smash hit. I'll give booty credit for, for having that set up. I mean, that was pretty much the only game played after the draft. Yeah, I when I, I when I was there for the champs dinner a few weeks prior, he showed it to me. He set it up just kind of you know five six feet away from from each other in his basement. We kind of took a couple shots. And I was like, eh, like I don't know. I don't really think I don't really like this that much. But when we had it set up outside, we had all the water in, and we had the huge gap between, which maybe a little bit too far in some huge. Instances, yeah, but... we need to shorten that a little. That was huge. But, but yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy that. And it, the, the deck is a great, I mean, it's a great setup for that. So yeah, I agree that that is definitely a high point that that water pong was pretty, was pretty fun stuff. Yeah. We need a, we need a, a name for it. I don't even know what it's called bucket pong or we need a We need a stinky approved name for that. Like uh, something wet and water based, obviously we'll, we'll have to work on that uh, naming that. So uh so we can uh, refer to it as as like a stinky draft game moving forward. But yeah, I thought that was definitely a high note. Um, I, in Jay, I have another high note that that right off the bat I got to bring up, and it's the it's the stinky ding dong bell. <laughs> That's that stinky bell that bags that bags brought man. That was not only well executed in terms of um, you know the weight. It has a nice weight to it. it. It's it's loud and it has really nice engraving on it. And we can, you know, it comes in handy for, for a lot of different situations during the draft. So I thought, I thought that was a great value add to the draft in terms of league-wide props, not just, uh, you know, you know, team-specific things. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just a gorgeous bell, Brent. It's just gorgeous. It's the the craftsmanship is is just it's top notch. It's a very heavy, strong, solid bell as well. So yeah, I mean, that was just a, a very thoughtful. Uh, gift, I'd say, also, and a tremendous addition moving forward. Absolutely agreed. So we're all on the same page here with our draft high notes. Do you have one to add since uh, I just went with the bell? I mean, I, I just, I think overall, it was, it was a great draft. I really enjoyed um, everybody's level of participation and uh, pretty much all night. I mean, we had a really strong group that went long into the night. I mean, most of most of the draftees were up till at least like four or five a.m. I got to give a shout out specifically to Joey Bags, who, I mean, his energy is always strong, but he kind of peters out a little earlier in the night. Typically, he was he was up till like four thirty five o'clock, I think. Yep, he was, and 
you know, I feel like that that time after the draft also allowed for more bets to be made because, you know, there's more mm-hmm. like like slinking around the boards and people bringing things up. And I think there was a lot of bets that came after the draft, which uh, typically it's less because not as many people are involved. So I think just for a lot of reasons, it all points back to that Saturday draft during the afternoon being top notch. And I just it's going to be hard to not do that again, because I think we're all addicted to it now. Agreed. And one final shout out, Steve, the, the, I believe it was Steve, the Stogies loved the cigars post-draft as well. I mean, it was probably 4.30-ish when we, 4, 4.30 when we lit those puppies up and just sat outside smoking those stoves. It was, it was a strong atmosphere. That was a good stoke. I forgot about that. So appreciate that as well. So um, all right. I think it might be time to slide into the low notes here, Jay. And I know I have a few that I'm ready to bring up, I, but I don't know. Do you have anyone in, in the queue, in the chamber, ready to fire away that you want to talk about? Well, obviously, Barco and I are fed up with auctioning. We don't really need to talk about that. We, we, I think we have some contingencies that we're moving forward uh, ne- or we're moving towards next year that uh, Barco and I are, are, are out hopefully next year. Um, but other than that, I think, I mean, it was a tough, it was a very emotional draft overall, Brent, especially at the front end. Like we don't really have to dig into it. I just want to, you know, and of course we're, this is not a joke or anything, just the way that we started with, with Tucci showing up and the Barco announcement. Um, it was really tense, emotional beginning to the draft, unlike anything I've ever seen. And I just, on the stinky cast, want to give a shout out to Barco for, I mean, just holding it together, that whole draft and his level of professionalism to be able to help with, with the auctioning. And then just to complete the entire day, um, I, you know, and I hope I, I've, I've texted a bit with him. I just want to say, I hope everything, you know, is going as well as it can for him at this time, him and his family, and just, just a tremendous job by him um, to come and, and do what he did that day. I couldn't agree with you more on everything you just said. I probably couldn't even say it better than that. So, um, yeah, my thoughts go out and, you know, my praise goes out to how he handled it as well. So the other thing is on that note, um, you know, Tucci showing up to the draft uh, just to say hi was was equally, you know, as emotional, but, it, you know, somewhat in a, in a positive way that we actually got to see him that day. And he got to participate a little bit in the pre-draft festivities. I thought that was really cool for him to show up despite what he had going on. So, you know, the, the combo of those two things was absolutely an emotional way to start the draft. And, you know, wish both of Stinky League members the best in, in dealing with their situations uh, that they probably still have currently going on and for the foreseeable future. So uh, that moving on from that um, into some other low notes, Jay, I want to bring up one that was irrefutably probably the most cringeworthy lowest point of the the draft and that was the audio video situation with the uh with the team name releases because uh i don't i you know i russ was was like hey guys give him a second to breathe he'll figure this out it didn't get figured out jay episode buffering please wait it was bad, Brian. It, it it ruined. I don't want to use the word ruined, but it ruined it like everybody's release. And Can't like, confirm. It, it just it completely shot the the value of everyone's videos, of which there were some nice videos. 
uh, that we had and, and some cool things that we had for release. And I just, I don't understand exactly what happened. We basically should have just mirrored our cell phones. Correct. To booties. Like we should have just, yeah, like, like launched it right up to his and just cut the middleman, which was A.V. Frank right out of the equation because A.V. Frank had a big dumpy in his pants during the, <laughs> the releases. It was not good, Brad. Woof, man, that was that. I mean, that was like the fumble of all fumbles. I'm trying to think back of something that was that was technical or something like that that was fumbled that that poorly. I feel like we had a better AV setup just just by like plugging into hotel TVs in the past. Like like those things have gone almost like flawlessly. And that was just a huge debacle. And I feel so bad for it. It's, you know, I did not have a team video release this year. So I kind of dodged that bullet, but you know, other people, other people did not. And they had put all this time and effort into these um, video releases. And it's really, you need to seize the moment for those things. Like, you know, like if you jump to the middle of a video and or the, or the, or the timing on the mouth doesn't match up with the, it's so distracting and it just, mm-hmm it just pulls all the value out of, out of things that people work so hard to accomplish. So he definitely, he definitely has to, uh, has to live with that kind of uh, draft shame for a bit. And I don't expect him to live that down until he pulls it off much better in an, in another setting. Beyond not good, Brent, we should change it from premier AV to poo poo AV moving oh, forward, man. There let the names fly who names. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that, that, that got dropped today. Yep. Uh, we can talk about team names in a bit uh, when we do the team by team breakdown. Um, any, I don't, I can't think of any of the, the, the cheese dip was great. Can't think of any low notes. The, I think the food was, was well executed. You as a vegan, I think even had something to enjoy uh, in, in the food. It doesn't need to be fancy. Like the food can just be that and be perfect. And we eat and move on and just, you know, have some nugs later. I think that was all well executed by the commission. Um, trying to think if there was anything else. I think, I mean, for the most part, there was there was a lot of good energy going on, and yeah, I feel like I kind of slightly dropped the ball with the placement of the confessional booth. I put it in the basement to get away because during the banquet there was a lot of background noise during the calls. I wanted to kind kind of take that out, and there was really nowhere upstairs to uh, or like in the main floor to accomplish that. So. I moved it downstairs. Not as many people submitted things. I have some things to maybe link together, but there's you know, the phone that Bags brought to use as the dedicated phone was not working out the way we had planned. So that kind of fell apart as well. I'll take full blame for that. Um, we'll execute that better next time. Yeah, I mean, live it. You live it and you learn. Um, I think it was. I think it was a good placement. We just, I people just kind of got caught up in the in the breaks and didn't have carve out like a legitimate time i mean maybe moving forward maybe we we schedule little time slots for people at breaks like so and so's time slot will be at the next break like to start off the next break and then maybe so and so follows and we just kind of carve out like some time so people could think about something they want to say and and have like a dedicated time that they'll go down and and give a message i don't know just something i think with the uh, the banquet we had, you know, you can just kind of stumble in whenever you wanted, but right. we had to do it during the breaks, obviously during the draft, and people kind of got wrapped up in other things during some of the breaks. I think. Yeah, especially you know analyzing your team and things like that. There's just more work to do during mm-hmm. the draft than there is at the banquet when it's just kind of a free for all, like do whatever you want, whenever you want. Right. 
So yeah, definitely a little bit trickier. We'll, I'll think about that and how I can make that better for the next time. Let's talk about mystery rules here, Jay. Is there any that you want to point out that you thought were memorable and could potentially be in the conversation for maybe a stinky award? Like what really stuck with you from the mystery rules of this past draft? I know I have a few, but I feel like the ones that I have are all kind of prop related. Those are the ones that really stuck with me. And, and you know, the one that jumps to mind is is Booty's full costume chain gang for whoever drafted Alvin Kamara, I believe it was. Correct. Yeah, I I, I have to agree that I think we're in a direction of prop uh, mystery rules where those are going to be the most memorable ones. I think the Steve's one was very good as well, uh, which was whoever loses the first bid to PRB has to write the number of drinks that PRB is on throughout the night and walk around with the, with the, you know, the ringside girl costume on now, because I feel like the rule could have been funnier if someone other than Stover would have broken it because Stover, he's a, he's a clothed individual. He, do, <laughs> he doesn't show us a lot of skin, unfortunately, Brent. but he had a costume. It's, that's true. And then, and actually he broke the booty rule too. Right. The Kamar one. So he had both, he had to wear both the costumes. Um, but <laughs> they, ideal, both of those ideal. were but not ideal. Both of those were very good. And I think him breaking the booty rule was definitely, it gave him like a little reprieve on having to do the, the high heels and the, the string bikini type thing. Uh, Cause he obviously didn't want any part of that. So the, and I, and I remember him saying that the convict outfit was quite comfortable. So I think that he kind of lucked out on breaking that one. Yeah, that was just, I think, an unfortunate uh, coincidence that led to that being doubled up and kind of taken away from, uh, maybe both of them got got a little bit taken away from. But uh, yeah, the Ring Girl one was great in the sense that it created these great props uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, in the poster board cards with all the numbers that were later on used for other purposes. Uh, there's pictures of that. I won't mention what the wording was on those. I, I guess you can try and remember what that was, but um, I'll send out the pics when I get a chance. But regardless, I think the, the Ring Girl one was definitely memorable. And of course, you know, was it targeting an individual though? Did it, I feel like we have this like, I don't know if it's a written rule where you're not allowed to target a specific person. Did that, did that cross the line? Was that a, was that a line stepper, Jay? I mean, everything that Steve does is somewhat line steppy. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it probably was, but I, I, it, it clear, I think it clears the threshold of an acceptable, of an acceptable mystery role. And I, and I would probably say it will likely be in the running for a stinky award down the line. Agreed. Agreed. I think it will definitely be in, in the conversation for sure. As one of the nominees, um, one of the ones that I, you know, I almost got hit with my own mystery role. And I'll tell you what, it one of the reasons why I, you know, I wanted T. Higgins, but he was he was definitely like very high on my in my on my board for one of the receivers that I wanted. So when the bidding was going on for T. Higgins, I realized that there was only two people left who didn't draft a player. And my rule for the hot dog fingers was whoever is the last person to get a player on their board has to wear the hot dog fingers for two rounds. So I'm bidding on T. Higgins and I'm like, bro, I kind of got to win this bid because if I don't win this and PRB gets a player, I just broke my own mystery rule. So 
that is the story behind how uh, how that went down with the hot dog fingers, and it eventually did go to PRB, who I saw breaking the fucking rule and taking it off to do shit, which was the whole point of the rule. I did like the hot dog finger rule as well. That 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 should be mentioned as well. And the fact that it got PRB was is probably as good as it gets. So that, that it really hit the perfect person. Yeah, I, I agreed because he did a whole hot dog themed team name for Durazio. So I think that that definitely hit home on a person that I would like to see it hit on. Um, exactly. And uh, I, I can't get out of this mystery rule conversation without mentioning the human centipede rule that you uh, that you threw out there, Jay. Yeah, it was. I literally wrote it like a half an hour before everybody showed up. I had no mystery rule. I had no idea what to do. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do uh, maybe I'll do kind of like a Homer centric thing that's sure to get Frank. Like I the only person I knew that I would get with that was Frank. Right. Um, so then you I, saw me bidding and you were like, oh, juicy bonus coming in right here. And Spross, too. It was basically the three perfect people, maybe other than PRB. I probably would like to get PRB in there as well. But other than that, and then Barco just threw himself in. Barco just joined the centipede as well. Nice. He just wanted to do the. He just wanted to do the chant with you guys and do a little fuck tomb, a fuck tomb, a fuck tomb, at at the end. So he that's just, some good he, Eagles solidarity there. I appreciate that for Barco. Uh, you know, I I I didn't even I, I didn't even plan on bidding or securing AJ Brown this season. He was not on my board. I was only bidding on him because the price was too low. Like he was like sitting at like thirteen or fourteen million, and he's like in like the top 10, 12 receiver conversation, I was just bidding Frank up so that he didn't get him too cheap, uh, to be honest with you. You know, I agree. The, and I think he got him for 16 and a half. That was a, that's a very good value, honestly. I, I was thinking about that on just in the last few days, how low that that relative value is, especially for being in a in an Eagle-centric room. I'm, I'm really shocked. I think, it's, I think it's because it was the first call out. I think, I think it had gone... A little bit later, later into the night, it would have it would have got a, a higher, probably in the twenties. Right, and who called that? Who who announced that one? Was it was it Booty? Booty. It was Booty. It was the very first call. See that that's what that's what he doesn't understand. He always comes with like an Eagles player. Like he was he's like the first person to announce like Carson Wentz, you know, or something like that. And what he doesn't understand is, if you think a player is going to go for for a lot of money, like the beginning is not the time. Like that. It, people are still kind of gun shy with their money on, unless it's like Jonathan Taylor or like the top running back. Like people are, are still looking at those top played players that are still on the board. So they're not really necessarily willing to spend a lot of money right away. So that's just a weird strategy by booty that he thinks works, but it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You definitely change up the, the call out strategy probably moving forward. Like, I, I think we're, we generally go with the higher people early and that seems to be, that seems to work, honestly. Yeah. You get those guys out of the way. Speaking of which, right. you know, that was one big thing from the draft that was in conversation on the WhatsApp was a lot was the uh, Jay, the four, four guys for go going over $30 million this year, just as bags predicted. Now bags participated by taking one of those guys so I don't know if he influenced it, but to be honest with you, we're talking about CMC. And do you really think that if Bags wasn't bidding that he would have not gone over 30? No, he still would have went over 30. I think I think CMC is one of the guaranteed over 30 guys. Right. Agreed. So I think that was a genuine four over 30 this year, uh, probably for the first time in a long time. I can't even remember that many players going for over 30 million at the draft. So that was quite the way to start off this uh, this draft this year. And 
you know, I think that's that's pretty much the extent of of draft things that I wanted to bring up. Unless you have any other things that are either glowing or or itching at you. No, Brent. I think um, I think we could probably slide in a little break now. I mean, what are you? How are you feeling? Dude, I'm feeling like I need a, a vacation. I don't know about you, but it's it's Labor Day weekend, so I feel like a vacation might be in order. Yeah, I feel like I could get away. I think uh, the the owner of Poo Poo AV could probably use use a getaway as well, maybe after that that strenuous uh, <laughs> audio issue he had at the draft. So, uh, Brent, as we highlighted last week, we're going to be un- unveiling some of our previously used all time classic sponsorship drops throughout the year, uh, intermixing with some new newbies this year, of course, but. Uh, you know, just for posterity's sake, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and drop two of our favorites and Brent our firsts. I've got two tickets to paradise. Won't you pack your bags for me tonight? I've got two tickets to paradise. I've got two tickets to paradise. Do you believe in life after draft? You don't have two tickets to paradise unless you have two tickets to Belize. With flights departing as early as 6 a.m. out of Philadelphia International Airport, you can be whisked away from any pre-scheduled event before it even ends. We're now offering a special travel Groupon to any visitors that ask their social media followers for feedback on any of our participating resorts. Now, Belize Tourism, won't you pack your bags? We'll leave tonight. Oh, yeah, Brent. Do you believe in life after draft? I love that one. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, It's honestly... I think it's the first one we we like came up with, and and it was in our first episode, I believe. Uh, I I believe I should be saying, but yeah, I mean that is honestly like going back and listening to that. Like I'm I'm really happy that that that's still one of our sponsors for for the show, and I'm sure that Frank enjoys hearing that again and reliving everything that led to that being a sponsor. And I feel like coming out of that conversation about him completely dropping the ball on the AV. It was, it's a well-timed sponsor. Yeah, it really, it really is. And it's one of our all-time classics, even, you know, it's like you said, it's our first one. I think that was the uh, I'm out, right? That's when Frank said I'm out and like vanished. And we thought we were thinking he might just like quit the league because of all the backlash and shit we gave him for, for planning the vacation. So that's kind of what, perpetuated that incredible sponsor yeah that that's a nice uh nice thing to relive in terms of stinky cast history there as that was pretty much the birth of the stinky cast so um that being said i think i want to use that this as the uh the section where we talk about teams specifically and their draft maybe some draft values maybe even get into maybe trying to assign them a new power ranking number. Last year we did an HSSR assignment. And this year, I think we can try and formulate like a power ranking number. But before we get to that, let's just go through each team here, Jay, and and kind of break down how it looks. Now, there were some movement, which we can talk about as we talk about each team. We can talk about those trades, 
that in, that were involved in that in that player movement that we now see there is also two rounds of fab that have happened since the draft so these teams as they currently are constructed are not as they were coming out of the draft but we can take that into consideration here as we look at them is there any team you want to lead with here jay well, Brent, I mean, do you want to start? Do you want to kind of start at the top, maybe, or who we think might be the top and some stronger teams? It's tough to tell. I was going to go straight down the standings here, Jay, and just. I like it. I'm, are you So you're looking as Booby at the top here? Booby is at the top. I believe it's okay. somewhat. Booby, then, then Esteban, and then Russell. Um, we're looking at the same, the same yeah. uh, material. Yes. Okay. I like yes. it. So let's do it that way. And, you okay. know. Since uh, since we started off talking about who considers themselves a super team, I guess why not start with the uh, so-called super team, right? Why not? All right. Game so, on. So I mean, Jay, when you look at this team, are you feeling are you feeling super team here? <laughs> well, Brent, as I said, I I don't think any team is quote a super team in in fan, especially in a four in a fourteen team league. Brent, my uh my fiance's best friend recently did a, a draft with some, with some girlfriends at work and they're, they're girls that know nothing about fantasy football, but there's only six people in the league. Josh, there's Jesus super Christ. teams in that league. Yeah. Six, a six team league has got super teams. When we're, when we're talking a 14 team league with, with people that possess deep knowledge, there's really no such thing as a super team to me. I look, what I look at when I'm trying to evaluate a fantasy roster is potential points of weakness and like how exploitable is that? So like, in other words, how, you know, how likely the likelihood of, of some position or position uh, impairing you and your ability to score points uh, on a weekly basis. And with that said, I, I, I love a lot of players on booty's booty's roster. And he, he did get a number of players that were on my list of short, my short list of players that I wanted, but I also, I see potentially the most glaring weakness of any team uh, coming out of the draft just because not in love with the running back situation. Now, I think he did bolster uh, th that in terms of getting Tony Pollard in because I do like him. Uh, so I like in terms of the trade with you, and I like the trade for you as well, quite frankly. I think it, one of those trades that, that kind of works out for both parties, makes sense for both people. Do, do you want to get uh, into that trade right here since we're, we're talking about it? Should we, should we analyze that trade real quick? Do you have any – like was sure. there any inside – on that trade like did he consult you about the trade did you have any feedback for him on that trade because i know he he definitely reached out to some people to see if he should do that trade he mentioned to me that he did reach out to some people um but um you know i don't know if there's anything you want to disclose yeah he did i mean he just you know kind of asked my input on the trade and if i thought that it was something he should do and i said it was basically um I, you know, I said it definitely helps you because I think you're getting, I think, a top probably six, five to six quarterback in my estimation for Derek Carr, which I think really elevates your your roster as well, which you already have a very strong roster. Um, but I thought that it was it was enough. It, he it was worth the risk to make the trade and to make you even stronger for him because he really desperately needed the running back. I mean, Patterson is your lead running back. That's, that's not an RB zero technique. That's like an RB negative technique. Like there's, I mean, I don't like him this year at all. I, I like his flexibility and that you can use him as wide receiver or running back. But in terms of 
trying to tout him out as your your RB1. Not not a good strategy in the least, in my estimation. And poor Booby, he did make a trade for an, an up-and-coming fringe sleeper running back who probably got shot like two hours after he made the, the trade. You can't make this stuff up, Brent. Um, so he really needed to address that hole at RB1 slash 2. I'd call Tony Pollard probably his RB1 at this point. So I think that that mitigates the blow of the of the RB hole that, that he came out of the draft with. But yet and still, uh, he's very thin at, at running back. And I and I just don't like the running back hole he has. I, I do like the wide receiver tandem. I love I love the tight end and I, I'm a big Rashad Bateman guy this year. So he definitely he has some nice things. He stole the 49ers defense off me, which was kind of a, a chintzy move. And we were in the point five realm where everybody was just yelling out point fives and getting whatever they wanted. And, and he kind of he he hooked me up to one on the 49ers defense. So obviously I like him and Kirk Cousins. Brent, I have to say it, Kirk Cousins. I love him this year. I I've, I said at the draft, he, he has a an outside chance to lead the league in touchdowns, in my opinion. And he's, wow. he's got, he's got the touchdowns. Yeah. Touchdowns, Brent Kirk cousins could lead the league in touchdowns this year. I don't think it's that far out of, out of the realm, uh, which is why I have two wide receivers myself, but I don't go big on wide receivers as everyone knows, but I still have two Viking wide receivers on my squad. And I like the stack, the Kirk cousins, Justin Jefferson stack that he has going in his lineup here. So now I think he some... might have, I think he might have the only true, like as people like to call it rainbow, I like to call it like connections. Like I think he is the only true like quarterback top receiver connection in the league. As we go through some teams here, we can see, but I tried to go through and I didn't see anyone that were as, as you know, top tier as this connection. I think he has the, Probably yeah. the biggest one. You know, some people might have the quarterback and the wide receiver two, quarterback and maybe like a like a decent tight end or you know something like that. But I think this is the 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 biggest one in terms of you know the Mahomes to Tyree Kill style mm-hmm. connection that people like to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and and it's kind of a little piggybacking. And I mean, look, TJ kind of fell into it last year because let's face it, he drafted Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback, and he was he was a turd last year. So luckily I don't know if TJ came out of the draft with him for maybe a point fiver or if he picked him up early on last year, but he had Kirk cousins and primarily used Kirk cousins the majority of the year last year and had that Jefferson stack, which he rode to the MVP of course. So, um, so two years in a row, the, the stack exists, this cousins to Jefferson one. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, overall, it's it's tough to say. Like, you never really know exactly how the strength of a team is going to be coming out of the draft. I think, uh, as Booty always is, he's he's big on wide receivers. He's got some strength there. And as he typically is, he's a little weaker at running back. It's looking a lot better, though, uh, now than it was a few years ago. That, that's for sure. Yes. But, uh, Jay, you can't really assess Booty's team. And when you're looking at the at his team in CBS here, to fully assess his team – you have to actually scroll all the way to the bottom because way down there at the bottom, you see that he has a <laughs> kicker. You see the kicker down there if you scroll all the way down? I do. So, you, you know, you didn't bring him up, but, he, you know, according to him, he <laughs> did he did come out of the draft with the number one kicker in, in the league. So, you, you know, you have to really include that in your assessment of his team because not only does he have him, but if you're not careful, he might try and approach you 
as a like with a kicker as a trade chip. <laughs> that I've heard. I've heard that he was that he was trying to get that that kicker on the trade block, Brand. He I mean, look at that. 99% owned. Look at that. Our rosters, 99% Incredible. owned. 96% start. I mean, whoa. Look at those metrics on his kicker. He, he's even projected for 7.2 points this week, Jay. It's big. You want to you want to get that into your flex too for sure. And at point five at a point five value coming out of the draft, like whew, man, what a what a savvy what a savvy pick that was. So that's you know, a, we'll, that's a value pick right there, Brian. That you know that might that, that might end up being <laughs> winning a stinky award for best point five pick. You know what I mean? It could it could. Stay tuned. Stay stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Enough about Booby's team. We've heard enough about it from him, so we can probably not spend any more time on that. Let's move on to. You know, we I like that we have some team names in here we can announce instead of just saying like booby or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we're gonna move on to one here, and it's Esteban's Puerto Rican Troy Romance. First time great. saying that one out loud on on the cast. Yeah, great name by PRB. I, I think PRB is typically shout out to him, a really good at naming people. And he's been waiting to shoot this shot at Steve for basically probably his entire tenure in Stinky League. And I don't <laughs> I don't think he he failed to deliver. I think this this is a this is very strong, a very strong logo. He he incorporated all of the major things he wanted to incorporate, and then I mean, true romance, Troy romance. I mean, it's it's a really it's it's a strong name. Cause you, you're part eggplant. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> yes, Durazio, I you know, I agree with with uh PRB that Durazio is gonna need to make it a priority to watch true romance to really see the depth of this team name because there is a scene that uh you know I can play a clip here real quick, but there is a scene that Steve absolutely needs to see in order to fully grasp the insult that was delivered to him by PRB. I agree. And it's a great film. And you should just watch the film overall. Great film. Agreed. And, you know, there's a lot of Troy in the movie. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, James Gandolfini is in it. There's just so many different reasons he he should actually watch the movie. But, you know, we we do like to bring up movies here from time to time, but let's bring up Durazio's actual team here. He is the one that, that really tried to run it back. I mean, I couldn't believe it was happening at the draft when he kept bidding on Kyler Murray. I, you know, I guess you, you um, when everyone zigs, you zag. Well, I did not see that coming from Durazio to reinvest in Kyler Murray, who he was so mad at for the majority of last year and just was fed up with. But he went back to the well this year and he's giving him he's giving him another shot for seven million coming out of the draft. And not only that, but he's invested even more heavily with Arizona because he has James Conner. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't really like that pairing, the James Conner, Kyler Murray, but hey, who knows? I mean, Murray has started off, he's been, you know, QB top five range for the first, you know, two months of the season over the last couple of seasons. It's just, he just can't sustain it. I think he's just such a physically small player. Um, I, you know, I just don't know. And then he's got the suspension that he'll be dealing with for new, new Hopkins early on in the season. So I just don't know. And James Conner, I mean, he is just screaming regression uh, in terms of uh, is he going to get near 20 touchdowns this year? Likely not, but who knows? I mean, well, the you know, you, 13 you is up, not a bad value. 
Yeah, you bring up a good point there about James Conner. Um, you know, he seems in line for some touchdown regression, but also among all running backs with at least 200 carries last year, Connor ranked dead last in yards per carry. So when you want to talk about signs of regression, like that's just another another one to point to right there. So he's really going to have to buck the odds here. And, you know, he's also, you know, he shows up on the list of most injury-prone players too. So certainly a big risk there with Connor as what looks like his RB1 because he followed that up with Kareem Hunt. Now, I think Kareem Hunt's a great value, especially at $4 million coming out of the draft. So, he, I mean, I think Kareem Hunt delivers pretty suitable RB2 value on par with Tony Pollard, to be honest with you. I mean, if you if you look at what Kareem Hunt brings to the table year to year for the past probably two years, he brings very comparable value to what Tony Pollard brings to the table, really. And Ezekiel Elliott ranked second among all RBs in total snaps last year. And he was hurt with an injured PCL from like week four onward. And even during that, Pollard still couldn't crack a dozen touches per game. So I think the comparison between Hunt and Pollard is pretty is pretty decent there. I know I agree. I love the value there. Uh still though, I would say Connor is the RB one more than likely. I obviously I hate the t- tight end flex spot there because Brent, I had both of them last year and they were ass. Of course, well, I'm Noah talking Fent about Noah. Is on a, yeah. Noah Fent is on a different team this year. So you're talking about Noah Fent and Jerry Judy. So they're, they're actually split up as far as their team goes, but Noah Fent certainly doesn't have a better Wait, I, I don't know. Last year he had shitty quarterback throwing to him too in Denver. So it's mm-hmm. a weird swap there because, because now he goes to a shitty quarterback in Seattle. Tough to tell how that's going to work out for Fent, but in terms of bringing players back, he goes back to the well with his man, Cooper Cup, this year. And Brandon Ayuk yep. is, I think, is the fourth one, right? That's four, right? So he had yeah. Kyler Murray, he had Kareem Hunt, he had Cooper Cup, and he had Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 bringing the, the whole gang back, Brandon. I Honestly, I love that Ayuk pick. I love it. And I, Same. I, I really wanted him on my team. I think seven's a pretty good value for him. I, I was thinking maybe five or six, but seven still a very, very good value. And I think ultimately he's certainly going to slide in to the starting spot at some point throughout the season in terms of his flex spots right now. He's got Jerry Pooty and Juju Smith-Schuster in as the flex uh, one and two right now. I would not be surprised if Brandon Ayuk takes that slot over very early on in the season. Agreed. Agreed. Love that pick. Uh, even more, you know, after he got out of the doghouse last year, which took about like 10 weeks, he was an absolute stud, you know, top receiver. Mm-hmm. Then like the top, like 12 receivers, I want to say coming out of the draft, or I mean, coming out of that doghouse that he was in last year. So, and from everything I hear, he has not disappointed in training camp and has just reached a point in his career where he, everything's starting to click. So I think there's a lot of weapons there in San Fran, you know, like if you put it this mm-hmm. way, if everyone, is going to get theirs like if Debo is going to get his if Kittle is going to get his if Ayuk is going to get his you know that that's that's like a rocket ship for Trey Lance if they all get theirs I have to assume so something to uh to monitor there with that but do you want to assign Durazio with a maybe like a power ranking number prediction between let's say you know last year the low was five and the high mm-hmm. was 41. So let's, you know, we already did, we already did Booby's team, but you, we can retroactively assign one for him and we can do a Durazio one right here real quick. Uh, you know, I think 
even though I'm not in love with Durazio's roster, I think he's he's always there. Like he's always one of the high point scorers and always in the MVP running. So I, I think I'm just going to show deference for his ability to, to manage a roster. And also I do like some, some elements of this, this squad as well. So I'd say this is a, I'd say this is a playoff team if I'm looking at it. So I would say he's got to be at least in the thirties. I, I would say he's not my top team. So I would, I would say he's probably like 31 or 32 ish. Maybe let's call it 31 and a hook. Okay, I'll give you thirty-one and a hook, um, and I guess I'll I'm gonna agree with that one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna battle you on that. You call him a playoff team. I think he's he's most likely a playoff team as well. But do we want to assign Booby with a number, the super team? Um, do we want to assign him with a power ranking number here? Now I see. I'm on the fence of if this. I I don't think this is a playoff team again, just because I have some ideological differences in the in the roster construction here. Um, I, I would say he's not he's like a five spot either. He's not like this. It's not that drastically terrible to me. I, I would say he's probably 20. If I was going to say 20. Yeah. Shoot right. the midpoint right there. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling a 20 as well. I think that's the range for him. All right. So uh, I think we, I think we broke down Steve's team. Let's move on to the next squad that we have lined up here. And that would be Rustle's team. Rustle draft day bleep. So um, let's see, you know, he went hard after, after Mahomes. He wanted him and he got him for 13. I thought that was good value for Patrick Mahomes. Um, the only thing that, that he, you know, he, he took some, some big risks this year, I'll say. Um, he's really counting on a comeback season of the year from Michael Thomas. He has DeAndre Hopkins sitting in wait, suspended, taking up a roster spot, not on IR for six weeks, you know, down there. So he has to be able to weather the storm basically for three weeks, maybe go three and three is what he said to me after the draft is what he wants to accomplish. Um, you know, maybe that, that'll be good enough. Maybe not, but, um, you know, for now he's got Traylon Burks in his starting lineup. That's probably not an ideal day one starter for, for Rustle, but there, um, you know, he, the one, the one risk that he took that kind of jumps out to me is Cam Akers and, Jay, remember when you at the Champs Center when you brought up, uh, oh, I'm really hot on Marlon Mack. I get it was a smokescreen, but do you remember what my reaction was? Yeah, I said that that player has, um, you know, like a couple red flags, and I yeah. wouldn't come, I wouldn't go near drafting him. So you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about me. I'm not going to draft Marlon Mack, and that relates to this. You know, since 2010, only one of 16 running backs has ever finished inside the top 50 running backs by fantasy points scored following a torn Achilles. And that player was Mikel Lashore for all you guys that like random uh, players pulled from, from old, uh, old fantasy. But yeah, that, that right there is a huge red flag to me. And it's why I would not draft a player coming off a torn Achilles. Oh yeah. I, I honestly really liked cam makers this year. I 18 is way too high. I thought I, when I, I had him on my board, I thought maybe 13 or 14, um, not a great value there. I think a lot, like, like you said, too, too risky to, to near the 20 mark on him. Uh, and really, honestly, I'm looking at his bench. Like he didn't even like handcuff him. I mean, I don't understand it. Part of my strategy, if I drafted acres was to obviously handcuff him. Um, so I, th- yeah, that was a bit of a surprising move, I think. 
I do really like Patrick Mahomes. I like the value as well at 13. And I do like Chubb. He was on my board as well. And I think 20 is a pretty good value. I think I want to say Sprost got him for 25 last year. So 20 this year is, is quite a nice value. I hate Traylon Burks, as you, know, as you noted. Uh, I, honestly, I just don't like the, the passing attack at all in Tennessee. And quite frankly, if I had to pick one receiver, it would probably be my old pal, Bob Trees. Uh, I think he's Bobby Trees. Gonna, yeah, I think he's probably going to be the more relevant of the two, honestly. Um, I like Debo's a good value, I think, at 17, though. I think uh, obvious regression is in store for him. I don't see him uh, getting close to the the uh, plateau that he was at last year. And I think, honestly, Ayuk, I think, becomes – uh, more d- definitely takes over a, a pretty hefty load of the target share there. Um, and then you've, I mean, he kind of doubles down with Kittle in San Francisco. So he's starting two San Francisco pass catchers with, yes, there's rave reviews about Trey Lance right now. We've seen some flashes of greatness in the regular season. And of course his head coach Shanahan is high, very high on him and that guy knows quarterbacks. So I'm not suggesting that, that Lance is going to, is going to bust out by any, any stretch of the imagination, but he is a, a first year guy now in the NFL and he really hasn't played that many games overall in the last, you know, three years. And so Russ to, is committed to him, his success with Debo and, and Kittle there. Correct. Yep. yep. And then, I mean, you just go down the line, Michael Thomas, like who the hell knows what's going to go on with that. He's got Michael Carter, who's at best, probably a, a timeshare at this point with Brees Hall now, in Jay, a bad jet, jet system. Now, Jay, like I said with Booby's team, before you assess this team, scroll yourself all the way to the bottom, and you'll see. I know that maybe he has the best kicker coming out of the draft. It's a battle between, and they have a, they have a big money bet, and they both drafted who they thought was the best kicker. So this might be this might be a little storyline to watch here: the the battle of kickers between Booby and Russ. Yeah, Brent, I did scroll myself down to his bench, and I see how thin that bench is. I mean, he's got practically nothing at all on that bench. I mean, you, there's just bones on that thing. There's nothing to start. Um, and he's got a lot of question marks in the starting lineup. I, I'm not really in love with this draft. I think Mahomes is going to keep him afloat because I think Mahomes might possibly be the top fantasy quarterback this year. We'll see. Um, but I, so I think when you have an elite, like top three quarterback, I mean, you can, you can stay afloat, but I don't really like much else on this roster. What are we giving this, Jay? Like a 15? I'd say that's fair. Okay. 15. All right. Sounds good. So we have a 15 for Rustel here. Um, so let's go on to the next squad here and I'll let you kick it off. Uh, you see which one it is. Yes, it is no choice for you. Uh, which is <laughs> The soup Nazi. Which, I love it. The soup Nazi. It's Gare Bear's name. Um, of course, we're talking Gary squad and his return year after the one year hiatus. Joey named him a great, a great, uh, I think a great name. And, and really when we're talking about poo poo AV, uh, no one was victimized worse, maybe other than Steve, than Joey. I mean, we just could not get that cameo from the soup Nazi played. It was, it was just a debacle by poo poo AV, but nonetheless, a great, a great name, I think. Um, and speaking of great Gary squad is strong in my opinion. He, I mean, he sharked a number of players from me. I can't, Gary, fuck you. Like, why do not not just have auctioned one year? Just give me one year. Stay off of, like, the seven players you stole from me that I wanted. Uh, I I just love this team. I think it has high explosivity factor written all over it. I see, 
I don't think he's really Brent. I don't, I, I would say that his lineup is maybe not set yet. Maybe it is. Um, I'm not crazy about the wide receiver situation. That's the only well, thing. I, but- dis- I disagree with you there, Jay, because I think he had, he got Amon Ross St. Brown at a great price at 6.5 million. I still can't believe he got him at 6.5. I honestly would have, I, I would have taken him at like 14. I don't know. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. I think I was already loaded with receivers by the time that came out. And you know, that harkens back to something you said in the WhatsApp that you were pissed off that the lions were, featured in hard knocks and that was going to inflate uh, players values it did not inflate Amon Ross St. Brown value because I think he got him way under value there and I think that's going to be a huge receiver for him there and not only that but you pair that with like having Ramondre Stevenson in the flex that I think is going to be a strong running back for him this season with a with a top tight end in Pitts and a top quarterback in Lamar Jackson and a stud running back in Dalvin Cook. Like this roster, this draft has a lot of the elements of a team that's going to kind of take off this season. And not only that, but Jay, how did he get all of the rookie receivers? He has, he has yeah. Pickens, he has Sky Moore, he has Garrett Wilson, he has Jahan Dotson. Like, granted, like right. not all four of them are going to turn out, but when you do a shotgun blast at four of them like that, like yeah. one of them is likely going to turn out maybe two who at, at you know, at, at best probably three, but he will have the shot to see which one it is. And I think he did a great job there. And a lot of analysts, here's the thing about his other receiver and DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really understand this. A lot of analysts are like really big on DJ Moore uh, and like all the stuff yeah. I listened to in the off season, like these guys are just really big on DJ Moore. And, and I just, don't necessarily get it because of like yeah of course baker mayfield is probably a better quarterback than the ones he's had in the past in carolina whether it be darnold or you know go down the line of of all the quarterbacks that carolina has failed with over the past few years so is baker maker baker mayfield an upgrade you know maybe a slight upgrade but you know granted dj moore catches a ton of yards he has you know he's he's got yardage stats that would blow you away in terms of how he's done over his career. But I mean, he has 4,313 career receiving yards before his 25th birthday. Only five receivers have had more receiving yards before turning 25. And that's like Randy Moss, Mike Evans, Larry Fitz, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell Beckham Jr. That's elite company, but his touchdowns are never there. And I don't see Baker Mayfield being the cure-all for that. Totally agree. And that that's what I said when I said I don't like the receivers that much. I'm looking just primarily at his top two wide receivers right now, which is Pickens and DJ Moore. I don't like I know Pickens looks like the real deal, but I don't like that Steeler receiving room. It's just too to me, it's too packed. Uh, there's too many balls. There's not enough balls to go around, I should say. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of mouths and not enough balls. Is exactly that right, Brent. There's too many mouths to feed and not enough balls to stuff them with in that in that wide receiving room. And whoever they turn to a quarterback, I don't think is going to be the answer there. So I don't love that. And I, and like you just did, did a great job of highlighting more. I've had DJ more before very consistent with the yards, but I don't think he's ever had more than four touchdowns in any season of his professional career. And Baker Mayfield, I mean, this guy's like an 18 to 22 touchdown per year guy, historically, like, I don't see that being like, a, a huge boom for DJ more now. Like I don't see him just all of a sudden becoming a, an eight to 12 touchdown guy now. So when I look at just those receivers, I think that is his weak spot, but he's so he has such depth at the receiver area and with, with such 
potential young studs. I also love MVS. If it were me, I'd have him in my starting lineup. I think MVS is going to have double-digit touchdowns. Yes, the bulge is going to catch double-digit touchdowns this year. You heard it here first. Wow, bold. Bold on the bulge right there. Big, bold, big, bold, bulge. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I love Gary's team. Uh, I would definitely assign him with a high uh, power ranking number uh, for this year. I would put him at like, I want to say like 39. 39 is exactly the number I was thinking of. All right, so we're, we're I, in I'd sync say that's fair. Yeah, I said that's exactly the number I, I would I would place to it. So we both love Gary's team. We're both very very high on Gary's team this year. Uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I think I I think Gary's the favorite to be the MVP of the regular season. Yeah, honestly, he was my paper champ coming out of the draft, and I uh, nothing has really changed in this analysis to make me think otherwise. So that's, that's my strong feelings on his draft. And I think that he is a, 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 you know, he is a decent and proven in season manager to carry this roster to where it needs to go. So I would look out for, for the gear bear this year. And, you know, with his grudge match with bags, I know bags does not like to hear this, this assessment here, but you know, we do have a bunch of teams to talk to. We're coming up here on a break soon, Jay. I just okay. looked and, you know, that, that sponsor is knocking on the door, but we can jump into my team real quick. Uh, you know, I don't like to talk excessively about my team, so we can burn through this one real quick and uh, maybe do the rest of the teams on the other side of the break. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I came out of the draft with Tua and Fields as my one-two quarterback, and that was not my ideal plan. I really wanted Carr. He, he got bid on for – I went, he went up to $6 million. I didn't have that kind of cache at the time, but did find a way to trade, uh, you know, one of my depth running backs for what is looking like my starting quarterback. I like how the, his schedule and Tua's schedule uh, kind of align in that they have tough matchups and easy matchups on the right weeks. So that is the new squad going in, but I will let you assess this one. Yeah, Brent, it's very fitting that chronologically or however this is this is stacked up that, that we're going to talk about your team directly after Gary's because I love your team too. I think your, yours and Gary's are definitely my two favorite teams coming out of the draft. Um, I, I just, it's just so deep. Like there's, there's, I look at your bench and you've got legit, you've got like two or maybe three starters on your bench, which I, I mean, Nico Collins could be a, a low tier wide receiver too. I think definitely a flex play and then CEH same deal. Like that could be best, best case, like a, a strong RB two worst case, like a flex flex one or flex two, possibly both on your bench. So tons of depth with inevitable injuries that probably will arise in the bye weeks and stuff. Once you get murky there, you're going to really be able to address that and move, move through it pretty strong. In addition to that, I like, I like the boom plays that you have on this line like Deandre Swift, I think is a, is a potential. I talked about it at the draft. I think he's going to be this year's Austin Eckler. I think positive touchdown regression is going to go berserk for him this year and his usage rate last year when he was healthy was absurd. So if you start giving him those red area touches, like sky's the limit. I think DeAndre Swift could be RB2 this year, which is I think what Austin Eckler finished last year. Love your wide receivers. Basically, uh, Higgins and Sutton, those were the like the two guys that I wanted most on my team. And Mike Williams, too, who you have in your flex, too, which is insane. I'd say overall this squad – I would give you a lower power ranking than Gary because we're power ranking for the regular season only. And I think Gary's going to be the regular season uh, 
champion in terms of the points, but I like, I'm going to slide you in at a 38 just below Gary. And I think that while I think your team this year is built like my team last year, it's built for sustained excellence through like the later stages. So as we go through the playoffs, I think is where your team will, will bolster in strength where like the, the higher scoring Gary might fade down the stretch. So while Gary to me is my favorite for MVP, you're my favorite to be the champion this year. Interesting. All right. I, that's, that's, um, you know, you assessed my team the way that I planned on drafting it. I wanted, I wanted to come out with depth, you know, for the long haul. And that's, it's pretty much what you described there. And I, you know, I had some, had some targets, but the thing that I will say negatively about this team is I am betting on a lot of Ascension. Like I am betting for players to essentially have career years this year. And, you know, that's, that's a tough bet to make. Like I, I made that bet on Cortland Sutton. I made that bet sort of on T Higgins. Although if he has the year he had last year, I'd be happy, but I made that bet on Deandre Swift. You know, I made that bet on, we'll say, Chase Edmonds and Mike Williams, too, and and also Derek Carr at this point. And so, you know, like, I just feel like there's a I made a lot of bets on career seasons. And, you know, I, I kind of wish I didn't make as many of those bets, but I really also like those players to to make that leap this year. So, you know, as long as those as long as maybe half or 75 percent of those players do make that leap, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I agree. And I like all the bets you made. I like the bets. Like I believe that they are all going to have those career years and they all likely will have those, you know, injuries, of course, notwithstanding, of course, you, you always have the asterisk of injury, but if, if this roster and you don't even need to stay completely healthy because of, of the great depth that you have, I, I think that th this team's going to have that lasting power down the stretch. Great job by you. 38 on the power ranking in my estimation. All right, Jay, I think that's uh, that's time. Let's uh, you know, we just talked about Russ's team and um, what his strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, one of his strengths was bearded. Russ came with a with a, a lot of positive, strong energy at the draft, man. So let's uh, let's jump out to the sponsor here. I love the sound of that, Brent. I'm feeling strong already. Have you been feeling a little differently lately? Maybe forgetting to write that high price draft pick on your board? used to be a champion but now you're just struggling to stay out of the toilet bowl and maybe your significant other is making you skip big trips with the boys if this sounds like you don't wait don't hesitate stop into gnc today for your free sample of rusgenics get that extra boost of testosterone back you'll be tossing that glass of wine out for some shots in no time and snatching your nutsack out of your woman's handbag faster than Ryan Fitzpatrick in an all-you-can-eat buffet. Russ Genix, the path back to your manhood is just around the corner. Ah, oh, yeah, Brent Strong. One of my all-time favorite sponsors, to be honest with you. I think it really holds up. Yeah, that, that sponsor is definitely meaty, and I and I love hearing that sponsor back in. You know, Rustle himself was was all jacked up on the Rustgenics in a good way this year. He was at the pool the day after. He was he was strong all draft. You know, kudos to Russ for that. And I feel like it was a good time to bring back that Rustgenics energy. Very strong. And I think, Brent, it's that beard. It's just, it's giving, it's like Samson, the biblical figure that derived the power from his hair or some shit. It's the same, only it's not the head hair, it's the face hair for Russ. Agreed, agreed. Just, it's just, uh, it's, it's working out well for Russ. I'll say that for sure. Um, all right. So 
coming out of that, we just covered, I think, my team most recently. So I, we're going to have to jump right back in here and keep this moving along. And none other than Frank did not have a good start, as we highlighted to the draft itself. But let's see how we did in the actual draft. You know, the thing that jumped out to me the most is, man, he went really hard at Russell Wilson. I mean, he he went for what? You know, it says 11. It was. It was 11 mil. Uh, you know, I did not see Russell Wilson being one of the double-digit quarterbacks coming out of the draft. Did you? Uh, no, I agree. I And I th- look, that's nothing against Russell Wilson. I think prior to last year, I think – I mean, he, he's averaged like 33 or 34 touchdowns for like five years in a row prior to last year. And he definitely has the weaponry in Denver. But in terms of what we saw last year and the turn and the regression that we saw of him and just moving, changing venues, uh, kind of an unknown now in Denver. I mean, I don't hate Russell Wilson this year, but I certainly think 11 was probably five ish million over what he probably should have went for. Yeah, you know, I had him at on my board at max six. And I think what you just mm-hmm. the math that you just pulled off there was exactly six. So I had him mm-hmm. I had him around the same, but he was one of the four quarterbacks that went into double digits. It was Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the only four that went in. So that's like top that's the top four quarterback prices coming out of the draft. And Frank was the big spender on Russell Wilson. We'll see if that works out. But you know, I do like his receivers a lot. Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, great picks there. And you throw Travis Kelsey in as like a third receiver. That's potent. He has a nice, potent, you know, one, two, three combo there at receiver. But it's just his. Can we talk about the running backs, Jay? Brent, I'm sorry. I was throwing up in my mouth when I looked <laughs> at his running backs. Why don't, why don't you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some mouthwash and you could talk about them real quick. Yeah, I, you know, we, we all know he was going to come out of the draft with uh, Leonard Fournette, whatever. He has this just infatuation with Leonard Fournette. And he got him for the price of 15 and a half, which is fine, probably. For Fournette, that line is really banged up in Tampa, as we will talk about more when we get to your team, Jay, I'm sure. But, yeah, you know, he, he took the handcuff uh, narrative, I'll say, <laughs> to the extreme this year. We, I don't even know if Brandon Bolden is considered a handcuff I, in 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 uh, Vegas. There, he's kind of just like a backup passing down back. I don't. He's not even the, you know, he's like I don't. I, Amir Abdullah, who I think Barco has, I think he picked him up in Fab, uh, the first Fab run. It has the quote unquote James White role in that um, McDaniel's passing offense, right? So. Bolden is like the backup James uh, James White role. I don't know. Confounding. And he's in the starting lineup. Whatever. Brent, Raheem- I, I don't understand that. Real quick, I, I don't understand this Brand, Brandon Bolden play in the starting lineup. I, I just don't get it. it. The only thing that could salvage this running back situation for him is if Madison is traded and becomes like a weekly starting running back. Well, who else is he going to start? I mean, let's ju- jump to the bench. I mean, Mostert is in his flex. All right, so you have Bolden and Mostert to pick from. James Cook in, in Buffalo, they just don't run the ball that much. We'll see how that's going to work out. But they also have, you know, Moss, who isn't going away. They have Singletary, who was like dominant in touches for them for running back last year, and it didn't even make him a great running back. So even if James Cook is the number one running back there without any touches getting taken away, he still isn't that valuable because – they don't run the ball that much. They're a pretty pass happy offense as he knows, cause he had Josh Allen last year. So, 
you know, skip those two players. And now the bench, we have nothing but backup running backs here, Jay. And I don't know, whatever you want to call Kenny Galladay. I, I saw reporters call him uh, a mannequin, running with the stiffness of a mannequin. So <laughs> we, we can just that's, leave that for what it is. That's not good. <laughs> that's a literal <laughs> quote from beat reporters. But um, Brent, it's it's not good, Brent. I, I honestly I, I love Adams and Brown and Kelsey, as you highlighted. But and look, there will be weeks where Wilson has a big game, like he'll have like 400 yards and four touchdowns or whatever. And then if those other pass catchers, the aforementioned pass catchers chip in with their predictable 20, 20 to 25 point span. Yeah, he's going to have some some big weeks here and there. But overall, like there is a ton of holes in this lineup. Yeah, I mean. He, the the one award he does win is the handcuff award. He has about seven, maybe eight of them. So you can you can spin that in some sort of weird, kinky handcuff sexual way that he wins the handcuff award. Uh, you know, just another opportunity that Booty may have missed on naming his team. But um, yeah, that's that's the big takeaway I think from Frank's team this year. I play him week one. We'll get to the matchups very shortly. I'm sure this assessment of his team will come back to bite me in the ass somehow. But regardless, that is that's pretty much Frank has a lot of work to do. I feel like Jay. He does, Brent. I give him. I'm gonna give Frank a nine on the Ooh. power rankings right now. Ouch, that's harsh. But I'm really not inclined to disagree with you. We'll see if he can manage his way out of this weird eight handcuff, seven handcuff draft that he that he managed to to walk away with. But um, that's that's a good assessment. I think we can go on to the next one and move through these teams. At a nice rapid pace here, Jay. Next up like is it. Draft Weasel 3 Kitchen Fire, which is the now managed, but Tucci, but I'm sorry, but TJ drafted team here. And, you know, once again, TJ did a great job at this draft, I got to say. I agree, Brent. And I honestly, I have to, I have to go back and make a, an apology to Stinky Nation and a correction. I, I am not big on the bulge this year, Brent. I'm big on the lizard, Alan Lazard. Completely, complete brain fart there. Oh, uh, I was going to say, with, why with are you the, so high yeah, on MVS? Com- complete brain fart. I'm high on Alan Lazard, who is on on the TJ slash Tucci team, who is not in the starting lineup, may I add, at this moment, which is a huge mistake, of course. Uh, Tyler Lockett, what's going on there with him in the starting lineup? Maybe one of these two guys will 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 make that stuff substitution by the time kickoff uh works its way to us but i brent i like the i like the team overall i think i think uh tj did a an incredible job filling in uh for tucci of course draft weasel three kitchen fire is who we're talking about his his new name this year named by me of course um, love love the, the the draft weasel still alive and well no i agree with you jay i mean coming out of the draft with jonathan taylor is like an automatic huge huge plus for your team obviously but you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay 31 but i think around that 31 he did a great job of drafting players to complement jonathan taylor i think darnell mooney is going to be a target hog this year there's not many other targets going on there for the bears love mooney for fields, yeah but i think fields is going to lock in on mooney probably to a fault like to fields fault because he's just going to be throwing him the ball so much so i totally love that agree pick. I love that pick. I like the, you know, having Waller, having like a top tier tight end, maybe tier mm-hmm. two, we'll see. Uh, I think is a great get for him to go along with Jonathan Taylor. Dobbins is not my favorite, but I think, you know, that could be a nice compliment to Taylor. And he, and he came out with last year's, actually two years in a row MVP and Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how he's going to do with out 
Devontae Adams, but still a decent value with that quarterback there. He gets the handcuff that Russ didn't grab in Henderson for only 1.5. And like you said, Lazard, he has a little sleeper pick there in Romeo Dobbs if Lazard doesn't work out. But other than that, I think I think he did a pretty decent job. I'm not over the moon, but I think it's a decent draft. I agree, Brent. I'd give this one, I'd give it like a mid-tier ranking, I think, just because there's some things that we need to figure out about this lineup. But I, I am high on a number of components of it, including Lazard and Dobbs. I love that tandem. And you're going to be stacking with Rodgers. Um, I'd give this, I, I like it. I like it. I was gonna. I was gonna say some. Yeah, tw- I was gonna say somewhere around twenty-two to twenty-four. I'm good with twenty-two. Let's settle on twenty-three. Okay, twenty-three. Boom. All right. So next up, let's keep let's keep rapid firing these through. Uh, this is all come loud. <laughs> PSU training day, of course, and that would be Schwarz. I know you have a lot of things to get off your chest about Schwarz, so make it quick here. Okay. First of all, great name, Brent. I love it. You. You did have a different name, which was also quite good, I thought, that you unveiled to really just a few of us caught the unveil of it uh, at, the th- at, the, uh, at the draft. But then you, you abruptly changed course when the, the juicy little nugget, that picture was, was dropped by Schwarz on WhatsApp. That's why you got to be and pay attention to WhatsApp. Be on WhatsApp, pay attention, because you never know when something might just be presented like that. You took off with it and did the abrupt uh, name and logo within like 10 minutes, it seemed like. So great. I think a great logo, great name. Um, Thank but you. moving on, moving on to his actual team, Brent. I mean, look, he's got some big, some big punchers, possibly Josh Allen's. I mean, he's going to be one of the top two fantasy quarterbacks. Kudos for getting him and 14, pretty reasonable price. I think, I mean, uh, now Kristen made him draft Saquon. We know that. Saquon at 27 is it's outrageous. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's insane to me. I mean, if you could have got him at 18, 17 or 18, great pick. I mean, if you can even get him at like 21 ish, 2021, justifiable 27. Like it's just absolutely mind boggling to me. That's almost that like Saquon in his prime price. Almost. It is. And it, we, we haven't seen the guy even when healthy, look all that that fantasy relevant in the last the last couple of years. So to pay twenty seven, it's just madness to me. Keenan Allen, I mean, I don't like him this year at all. I think Mike Williams becomes the number one wide receiver there by a pretty significant margin at this point. I even like Joshua Palmer this year to kind of get into the intermediate route tree and take some things away from Keenan Allen there. Don't like it. Tyreek Hill, we'll see. They look. Looks like he's got some nice connectivity there with Tua from the preseason, but we'll see. I mean, the value there might work out for him. Overall, Brent, like I just don't know what to say about this draft. It's not good. He came in unprepared. I, I have to tell a quick story. Mostly everyone's heard it already, but when Trey Lance went for nine and a half, he turned to me because we were sitting next to each other and he said, is Trey Lance a starter this year? And I was like, bruh, like he was named a starter months ago. Like, and then he, he followed up with, what about Jimmy G? Well, obviously the time Jimmy G wasn't with the team. Now At he is the, the time, backup. but funny yeah. how that, how that changed since that, since that draft, right? Exactly. Uh, so other than that, and he also did not know who Ramondre Stevenson was either. Uh, like later on in the draft, he was trying to figure out who that player was. So he, I mean, it, and it reflects in this board, Brent. Uh, I know we're trying to kind of go rapid on this. Brent, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this draft a uh, 16. 16? Yeah, 16. 
16, I'll, maybe I'll, lower. I, I thought you were going to go with lower than that, and I'm happy with the 16. I'm, uh, I'm you, actually you're happy with okay. I'm good with the 16 okay. because he has, you know, he is not Naheem Hines, and and one little one little snippet from the offseason that I think a, a lot of people might have missed, and maybe it's just coach speak, but regardless, Frank Reich said that he wants Naheem Hines to rank top three at the position in catches this year. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And he added, if I was going to be in the fantasy league. I would pick Naheem this year. So I think the usage there on Naheem Hines in the passing game is going to surprise some people. And I think that's a nice little bench piece that Schwartz has here to go along with like one of the, one of the uh, rookie receivers who might have the best opportunity to succeed the most in Drake London. So he has some bench pieces I do love Drake. Yeah, I do love Drake London. And I think Kenneth Gainwell and his flex is going to be a value, probably the most valuable running back on the Eagles roster. So I think he has, some pretty good picks in here that would justify the 16 that you gave him maybe a little higher, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the 16 that you gave there on, on Schwartz. So let's move on to the next one. All right. The next one being chain gang bang Stover, the name uh, courtesy of, uh, I believe Schwartz. Is that correct? That is correct. And the name that you referred to (laughs) at the draft that I tried to unveil was team name hall of shame which is a good lead into this team name here for Stover, although it did reference something at the draft with him wearing the chain gang outfit. So, you know, it's like a gangbang team, these two team names right in a row. You know, you go from the PSU train uh, in, the, in the last logo to the chain gang bang in this logo. And uh, man, that's a lot, a lot of, of chain train. Man, that's a lot of bang. I don't know. Um, so this is Stover's <laughs> team who, as we heard, booby, ranting about not being a great team what do you think about this team with trey lance at the helm here i like this team quite a bit honestly i i'm not crazy about trey lance honestly i i do like Trey lance but not probably at nine and a half i understand the he he there was a lot of buzz going around uh so i i understand it to me in a vacuum more of like a four or five million play but he could deliver there's there's a lot of uh low-key uh, buzz around Trey Lance maybe is like a dark horse league MVP candidate. We'll have to see about that. Um, other than that, though, I think the team fills out nicely. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara will not be suspended. So 22 for him is, is a really strong value. I think he double dips on David Montgomery. I, I kind of like David Mon- Montgomery. He's we're still kind of waiting on that, that complete breakout. I don't know if we're going to get that, but at 12, he's a decent, a decent RB2 in my estimation. He gets Jamar Chase, who's coming off of the gigantic uh, rookie year. I like Waddle and his usage, I think, will probably still hold despite the fact that you get the Tyreek Hill addition there. Dawson Knox, of course, I wanted him pretty badly. I like that. Uh, he's got, I think, maybe a little bit of work to do in his, in his flex, but he's got he's got Damien Harris down there on his bench, which is nice. I think he can probably kind of toggle between Sanders, Harris and Claypool maybe for that flex overall. Yeah, I, mean, I like this team. Yeah. I mean, Damien Harris had 15 touchdowns last year and he got him for 4.5. Granted, there might be a shift to Ramondre Stevenson this year, but regardless, he got him at a great value there at 4.5. And if, even if he just gets all of the goal line work, he could still, he could still meet value on that 4.5. But, um, you know, he's got that sleeper in Isaiah Pacheco there down there with, uh, you know, sitting behind my CEH on my roster. But 
like you said, I like his I like his starting lineup, and he's got you know a decent shot at depth down there. I would put him in the I'm gonna say mid to high 20, 20 range here. Agreed. I was thinking twenty nine for him. Wow. For some All right. Reason. Let's let's know. let's let's oh, let's wow. drop it to twenty nine then. Still over twenty nine, okay. and we can move on to the next one here. This team, this team coming up next year, we have PRB. Now you put a lot of pressure. It's Pussy Rican Brian Two Beer Queer. Not to, not to um, skip over how great of a team name that Spross supplied for him this year. Certainly a contender at the end of the year because it was it was the shot everyone wanted to shoot this year at, at PRB in terms of the uh, the lack of drinking and the breathalyzer being at the draft and everything. So great job there by Spross. And this team, you put a lot of pressure on Jay. Come in into the into the draft, and he comes out with Jalen Hurts, who you know there's a lot of there's a lot of big talk about Jalen Hurts. He got him at nine point five million, which I think was a better value than probably Russell Wilson um, in terms of price, because he's like a younger version of Russell Wilson, most likely, and he's got the weapons, he's got the legs, and he's got the offensive line. So I think that's a great pick by him. I I'm not one to spend that much on quarterback, but PRB probably nabbed a, a great one there with uh, Jalen Hurts. And you know, he also spent up to 28 on Mixon. I think having a running back on a great offense is never a bad thing. And he kind of stepped in shit when Brian Robinson got shot. Now he has Antonio Gibson as a week one starter here. And I love the Gabe Davis pick. I think that is going to probably end up being his wide receiver one, even though he's not really paid that way. I think he will exceed Deontay Johnson. I think he easily exceeds Amari Cooper, a guy I just don't really like in any season for whatever reason. And I think that's pretty much, you know, his bench. He has Elijah Moore, not bad. He has, I don't know, Melvin Gordon might be a serviceable RB2 and maybe Devonta Parker, but he probably has a little bit thin on the bench. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like Elijah Moore a lot this year, but quarterback situation is a mess. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, Gabe Davis, I love. I've, I've highlighted it. I think, honestly, uh, Lazard, Gabe Davis, Mike Williams. Those are my three options this year to lead the NFL in touchdown receptions, in my opinion. We'll see you know, if one of those three, three get it done, but whoa, whoa, I, so whoa, I whoa. love that. Pick. Wait, who's leading the league in touchdown think, catches? Look, his Gibson was a terrible pick. He, I mean, it looks like a great pick now at 4 million um, because of the, the luck that he catches with, with the, the un, 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 untimely uh, shooting that occurred uh, <laughs> with, with their, with their slotted p- potential starter there. So, I mean, like you said, he steps in shit overall, Brent, I, I, I like Mark Andrews a lot. I, I'd say this is this is a uh, this is like a mid-tier team to me. I think like a I don't know like a twenty-six ish. Okay, twenty-six is probably a little higher than I was going to go. The thing about Mark Andrews is he had a he had a big massive jump in roots run per game last year. It went from like twenty-three to like thirty-eight point nine. So from like twenty-three to forty, that's like a sixty-seven percent increase. Um, and that was probably the reason for his jump in production. And that's not really a sustainable thing to look at. And it does hint at some regression. So that's why I didn't really highlight Mark Andrews as he, he I, I don't know. I just don't see him living up to what he did last year. And last season, Lamar Jackson had two games with multiple passing touchdowns. I just don't like Ooh. the recipe there. You know, I know Mark Andrews is being drafted as a top tier tight end. He just doesn't move the needle for me that much. This this season we'll see if that's the case as last year it was, but I, I'm not, I'm just not confident. 
I, you know, I did say mid tier and then went a little above mid tier. Right? We can get down into low twenties. You know, if you if you if you would be interested in that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll drop a twenty one on that on that. Uh, okay, I, I'm in. I co-sign. Cool. Uh, Brent, that brings that brings us to our next team to review, which is Max Brass. Uh, the kid, the young kid, Mark Spross, that up and comer. Uh, what, what do you think? What are you thinking of? What's jumping out at you when you review this lineup? You know, Allen Robinson kind of burned me last year, but I think there's a lot of positive momentum for Allen Robinson in that offense this year. I think he could be, if not Bobby Trees, but maybe even better, just because I think he's better in the in the uh, in the red zone as a as like a high point type of receiver. So Allen Robinson, I, I you know he jumps out at me as someone I like this year. Uh, Mike Evans, I never really liked, but Spross loves the guy. Always takes Mike Evans, and you know we'll see what's going on with the Buccaneers' offense. I'm not having the warm and fuzzies about it right now, for a few reasons: offensive line, Brady availability, and things like that. But I love Eckler. He is justifiably thirty million dollars coming out of this draft, and you know Stafford's elbow kind of a concern but now it's kind of a less of a concern and brandon cooks down there in the flex is like the always reliable wide receiver you know 20 to 30 he's he always falls in that range maybe 17 to 25 like pretty good pretty good guy to have in your flex down there his his bench he has some some nice little pieces he can pop in being james robinson being you know jd mckissick Maybe even Chris Olave in um, in that offense in New Orleans. We'll see what happens there. And Trevor Lawrence is a good backup option to Stafford. I think he's got a decent team. I agree. I I like this team. I think overall it's deep. Spross hated his team uh, late night. He was trying to trade people entire rosters. He wanted to just like substitute his team with someone else's team, and he asked like five people. <laughs> well, but I overall, I, I think. I, yeah, overall though, I like his team. I'd say I'd say this is a this is an above average team. I'd say this is probably like a fringe, depending on what happens with this quarterback situation. Um, I'd say this is kind of like a fringe playoff team, in my opinion. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a. I'm, I'm feeling this team too. I'm I'm feeling like a 31 for Spross. I like that. I was thinking 30, 31, low 30s. I like it. Okay. All right. Next up to bat here is Tim Barco. Coming out of his second draft, and you know he really went hard at Justin Herbert. He had a plan. He's like, I'm coming out of the draft with Justin Herbert. He announced him for 17 million. It was crickets, and he got him. You know, he but he got his guy. He didn't have to get into a bidding war. And is 17 a lot of money for a quarterback? Yes, it is. But is Justin Herbert by a, you know by a very many opinions possibly in line to have like an MVP season this year? That is that is certainly being considered. So. If he does return on that MVP performance and that 17 won't be left at, you know, at the end of the year, um, you know, he does have Derrick Henry. He does have Ezekiel Elliott, two guys that have some kind of red flags. I don't like the Titans offensive line this year. Now, now granted, Derrick Henry can block players with his own arms while he's running the ball, but we'll see how he does behind what is the worst offensive line of his career. So, and I know that you always bet against Derrick Henry because you're waiting for him to fall off a cliff not to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure that's part of what you're going to say. Now um, his receivers are decent. I think Kirk has a decent chance to be the lead receiver in Jacksonville on a team that throws the ball a lot, which could mean great things for Kirk and they paid the man his money. So, you know, they're going to try and milk every ounce of value out of them. They can love Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman has a decent chance to easily exceed that 16.5 million that he paid for him. 
Yeah, I'd say, and I also I do like Robert Woods in that offense this year, just because I think it's only going to be able to sustain one player, and I think it could probably be Robert Woods would be that one player, but we'll see what happens at the quarterback position. They might change quarterbacks at some point throughout throughout the season. So, but down there at at Flex, I kind of like it. He's gone going with a two a two tier tight end approach here, which we have, of course, the extra pointage for tight end. So. Not a bad thing if you can get two tight ends in your starting lineup, which he which he has. I do really like Christian Kirk this year, actually, as well. Running backs, like you said, not crazy about it. I had Zeke on my strategy board. Um, if I got him, though, I 1,000% needed to have Tony Pollard. So I, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. And you've already highlighted the issues potentially with Derrick Henry. Overall, this is a this is a pretty strong lineup, I think, minus the pool of vomit at the bottom of his bench there, AJ Green. Um, <laughs> That's your boy, <laughs> my my man. So I don't know, Brent. I I'd, I'd say this is kind of like a another kind of middle middle tier team in my estimation. Yeah, it's tough when you get to this, to this range and not to call teams middle tier unless it's really terrible or really great. It's hard to really map out where it's going to land, but just for reference, you gave Russ's team a 15 and you gave, let's see, uh, you know, PRB's team a 21 and we gave, uh, you know, Tucci TJ a 23. Where's Barco fitting into this mix? Oh boy. I'd say I probably have him maybe below or like kind of on a tier with Tucci TJ right now. Okay. So let's, let's drop uh, 22 on him. I like it. Okay. Perfect. Uh, next up, uh, as we zip through these teams here, because we are running up against the uh, the, the ending of this show, um, but we also have Squatty Potty and the Toilet of Doom to talk about. None other than Joey Bags. Joey Bags coming in this draft with a ton of pressure to to break out of the funk that he's been in uh, for the past couple of years, and he came swinging. Jay, like, look at those. Look at that Christian McCaffrey Bay. Javante Williams, who you know I love, and I think he's he's due for big things this year. And you know I love Joe Burrow up there too. Mm-hmm. And he has the combo that gets compared against each other from last year that you love. Hunter Renfro and DK Metcalf. And he also has a player down there in the flex that's generating a ton of buzz in Damian Pierce. Like, there's a lot of good things in this in this starting lineup here. And Marquise Brown with with Hopkins out for the first six, six weeks minimum you have you know wide receiver one right there with Marquise Brown in the in the offense that's expected to throw the ball a lot that's a that's a great that's a great pick there by him he has Bay handcuffed down there and he has some you know some bench options like Rondell Moore and Logan Thomas that could really pay off for him down the stretch I I can't really add much I really like I like what Joey did I like the draft a lot I think I, I, I rank this team pretty highly this year. I think I'm looking at a playoff team. Like I feel confident in saying that this is a playoff team. I'm assuming Christian McCaffrey has some semblance of health. Like if he just plays two games this year, obviously you take a $31 million hole uh, out of your lineup. It's going to, it's going to impair anyone's team and it's probably going to ruin your season. But if Christian McCaffrey has any semblance of health, I'm pretty confident in saying this is a playoff team. I punched I, I in kinda, 35. I just punched in 35. How you feeling okay. about that? I, I was going to say, I was going to say in the thirties. So okay. I, I like that. I like, uh, I think we only have what two, is there three teams in the thirties right now? And this would be our fourth. So currently there is um, one, you two, and Gary, three, 
four. This would be the fourth team in the 30s. I like it, it Brent. It's Durazio, like... Durazio, Gary, Brent, Bags are the four teams in the 30s. I like it. I say right. Yacht, Yahtzee, 30, Yahtzee, 35. All right, Lock Yahtzee. It. Now, last but not least, Jay, I don't know how you ended up at the bottom of this list because uh, I don't want to. I, I didn't mean to give you a shortage amount of time to talk <laughs> about this, but Top Gate Two, the bad kind, with the uh, wait. I'm looking at the logo. Is that is that booty on I the bottom? I can't tell. It's I just can't tell who's on the bottom. We'll we'll have to we'll have to run a poll or something like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really <laughs> gross that they had that Steve has booty's dick out, but the one in his mouth is definitely cool. That's fine. Um, right. All right. So, you know, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, all right. I want to see what am I doing here? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Dick. Anyway, Dick. anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah. So you came out with Tom Brady. Uh, of course you did after, after sandbagging him all off season, but I got to say, he's not like the highlight of the team that you drafted for me. At least it is the running back strategy that you came out with. I love Aaron Jones. I love that you have Dylan as well. ETN yen, 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 or let's just call him ETN for this year. I don't know what Booty was trying to pronounce there, but um, love that. Also, with Najee Harris, like Tomlin loves his bell cow running backs. We saw last year. We're going to see it again this year. So, those four running backs are, are a real nice punch that you came out with. Although it did hurt the, the wide receivers you came out with, I see that you're starting. Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne this week, which makes it look like the, the receivers you came out with. But I know that you drafted Godwin as more of a starter uh, receiver that is on your bench because of his availability in week one. So, you know, you do have that sleeper in Josh Palmer that you hyped up and you scooped up a backup for Brady in case everything goes to shit there in Tampa and Justin Fields. Yeah. Yeah, I think Godwin's obviously Godwin and Thielen, if all goes according to plan, will be my two starters. I'm not crazy about them. Uh, Godwin was uh, wide receiver nine in points per game when he got hurt. And Thielen was like wide receiver like 13 when he got hurt, I think, because he was so dependent on touchdowns, which is, uh, of course, going to regress this year. But um, yeah, I mean, my wide receivers are thin. I don't have a lot of depth. I, I do have backups for both. Godwin and uh, Thielen should something something go awry with one of them this season. But those are my plan stars, Thielen uh, and Godwin. So, you know, kind of older, dealing with some injuries from last season. I don't know. We'll see. I'm a, I'm a little I'm not I'm not that in love with my wide receiver situation. But like you said, I like the running backs. It's all going to hinge on Tommy, though, uh, Brent. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling good right now about Tommy. How are we feeling about? Like, do you want to do a self-assessment or would you like me to assign a value to this, to this power ranking for your squad I, here? I would, I would be thinking for me, I would put this around like 24, 25 ish, I think. Okay. So you're being modest about your draft. You don't really love your draft coming out of it, huh? I'm not, I'm not that in love with it. No, I think uh, I'd like, I wanted Dylan and, and, uh, and Jones, but knowing what I know now and the values, I probably could have went with Chubb and, uh, Kamara, because I wanted to do like a one-two punch where I could start both guys, uh, but also have a natural handcuff that would would bolster the value of the other one if one of them got hurt. So I probably knowing what I know now would have done Pollard and Zeke or Chubb and Kamara. I love Dylan and and Jones. They were the top, my top, uh, you know, target with that strategy. But I th- I feel like 
I kind of overpaid a little bit because Durazio was, he was really fucking bidding me up on both of them. So, um, all right, well, I'm going to give you just out of respect for being the reigning champ. I'm going to boost you up to a 30. How's that sound? Okay. I'll take, I mean, I'll take it. I think I'm going to be in the mix. I think I'm going to be in the mix for the playoffs. I would not say off the, off the bat that this is a playoff team. Like there's going to be some things that need to need to come together on, on the squad in order to, to put me in the playoff outlook, but I'm not, I don't hate it. I think I, I I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm mid tier right now. All right. Well, that would make our playoff teams. Uh, it would be Gary Brent bags, Durazio, Jay Stover. Okay. I, I could kind of see that. All right. I mean, I, Actually, I hope Spross. it happens. No, I hope Spross, I we gave him a 31. So not like Stover. Yeah. So it's yeah. So swap out Stover with uh, with Sprost there. I could see Stover making the playoffs over me. It's gonna be. I mean, who knows? Like it, it's it's all gonna be uh, contingent on health and stuff like that. And of, also course, of course, of course. Just and, our uh, but coming just, out. Yeah, this is our our takeaway coming out. Exactly. So we're gonna have to rapid fire ourselves some picks for this like for it. this week for week one jay and you okay. know it doesn't make sense to pour over them too much because right. you know the rosters aren't set you, we don't really know so let's just fire out some predictions let's let's look at the scoreboard here and just fire out some predictions okay i like it do you want to start or do you want me to start i'll take it first we can even pick a lock just for week okay. one here so we'll take okay. it first i have myself over frank what do you got Yourself over Frank. Brent, I'm going to go with you. I think you're a, a slim favorite right now uh, by CBS, but I like your squad quite a bit. Um, I'm very, very high on your squad, and I'm not so high on Frank, so I'm not going to overthink this and go with you on this one. All right, so that's the first one. You can take the second one. Okay, Brent, I'm going to – I'm looking – I'm zeroing in on this uh, PRB and Schwarz matchup. This is – to me, on the surface, like a fairly at least CBS thinks it's an easy pick. Yeah, this uh, this Schwarz PRB matchup on paper has the makings of a blowout, honestly, for PRB. So I'm 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 not gonna really buck the trend here. I think Hertz has a huge game against Detroit. Um, I'm just and I think Josh Allen actually has a tough matchup against Buffalo. I think that's gonna hinge or not against Buffalo against the Rams um, on Thursday night. So I think that's going to be the factor in this game. I'm going with PRB here. I agree. I'm I'm going all, all I'm all PRB on this one. All right. So double PRB on this one. Yes, sir. And did you are you picking yourself or Frank? I didn't. I did not. Get I'm that. picking myself over Frank. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't, so I'm we're we're, we're two for two right now. So we we both have PRB and you thus far. We're two for two. Next up yep. is you versus Spross. How are you feeling about this this matchup right here? Well, Brent, I, you know, I think this you know is going to be kind of a... I'll take this one because you took okay. the last one. I'll take this okay. one. I'm actually going to go, based on the matchups, I'm going uh, to take Spross in this matchup. I agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start early on in the, with the trend of picking against myself. Uh, as you know, I like to do you that. You love that. You but love that. I do. I do. And I don't, like, I don't like my matchups this week. And I don't know about Godwin's health either or like gauge is also weirdly questionable so i don't i don't really know what's going on i think the the box offense is, is going to take a couple weeks to gel here so i think i'm gonna have a slow start to the season i got spross this week jay i'm locking spross he's my first lock okay ah oh, shit you know i kind of like that but i don't want to piggyback your lock so i'll hold my i'll hold my lock all right so i got the i got the big l going on spross for week one here the big locker 
going on, Mr. Spross. Don't let me down. Don't let me down, Spross. Uh, next up, we have a table-table matchup here, and it's Durazio versus Bags. They have they have a pretty solid matchup lined up here, and I, you know, I gotta say, I think this is, I think this is Bags coming out party. I think, even though he's got some diff- tough matchups there, he's got some juicy ones too. I'm going with Bags coming out one and zero. I agree. Big upset according to CBS. Steve's a, a fairly sizable favorite right now on CBS, but I like Joey. I like this squad that Joey's put together. I think Bay's going to just splooge all over the place this year, and it's going to start here on week one, and it's going to be all over Stevie D's face. I like Joey to get the win and go to 1-0. Wow. In sync, like step-by-step step here. Now, next up, we have uh, Weasel versus Gary. Uh, this, this on paper, according to CBS, looks like a tight matchup, and you know, it most likely is, but I just think going into this, into this week one, I think, I think that Gary's the healthier team and, you know, there's some injury concerns with Dobbins, Dobbins usage coming out of the gate, maybe even Waller. I'm giving the game to Gare Bear here. Damn, Brent, we are, we're just lockstep right now. I have one word for you. Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's Lamar Jackson's opponent this week. I think he's just going to show the Ravens management, what they're going to be missing with him next year. If they don't get this contract signed, I think Lamar's going to have a big year this year. And I think it's going to start here week one against a porous jets defense. And I like Gary to explode out of the gates in what, again, I think will be an MVP campaign. Give me Gare bear to go to one and this week. All right. You got it. We're still locked up in the, in the same picks. And the next game is Booby versus Rustle. I don't really think Rustle's team is quite ready to take flight yet. You know, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup yet. We don't know Michael Thomas's availability coming into week one. It's been kind of sketchy all offseason. So, you know, for those couple reasons, uh, you know, I think I'm going to go with Booty coming out of the gate with a W here. I agree, Brent. I, I just can't stop agreeing with the picks here. I like I like Booty this week. I like, you know, we were a little cool on Booty's Booty squad, but we were very cool on Rustle's squad. I think he's got some things that he needs to put together here throughout, maybe some fab pickups, just wait for some health to come. And I like Booty to go to one and this week. Rustle is very savvy with the fab pickups. So he is. So, you know, I, I do not see this team being as it is coming out of week one. Uh, but like you said, uh, we agree on another one. You take the next one. This is actually the last game on the slate. And we're, you know, we're doing good on time here. So let's um, let's finish this last game here. And then we can set you guys off on your way into the week one darkness. And that would be the Stover versus Barco game. Jay, that's yours. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of, and I really like Stover's squad overall this year. Um, I get a little, I get conflicted when I see these, these uh, CBS uh, score output suggestions. They've got, they've got Barco as the favorite. Um, I'm looking at the matchups here briefly though. I'm not feeling Brent. I'm going to have to retroactively go back and pick a different lock, but I'm because I'm not confident enough in this to make it a lock game, but I'm going to go with a slight CBS upset here and go with the chain gangbang Stover to get to one and oh this this week. Yeah, I'm, this is the one difference that we're going to have then because I'm going with Barco and one thing that really jumps out at me. And I'm sure Booby is going to love to hear this as a fan of the medium Pepsis, but Derek Henry coming in against the Giants week one at home. 
he is going to slap his dong, dip mm. his dong in medium Pepsi, and then slap it all over the giant's face. Mm, delicious. delicious. So we're so, so this is the one the <laughs> one uh, the one difference we have then is Barco and some dong slappage going on in that game. Uh, moving to one and zero, I'm going to retroactively go back and I'm going to put my locker on PR Bizzle. I'm going to put him on the the two beer queer over Schwarz, who you know, pr- quite frankly, probably didn't even draft his team. It's probably his wife's draft uh, drafted team. I'm going to go with the Rekin uh, as my locker, and that rounds out our pick segment, our rapid fire pick segment for week one. Yeah, nice job getting through that quickly. Um, we were up against it because we took a little bit too long with the team assessments, as I expected us to. But Jay, that's our uh, that is our. You know, that's our pre-week one podcast right there for you guys. The Stinky Cast is up and running. And, you, you know, I'll set up the picks document again like I do every year, Jay, so that we can track these. Week one is always kind of a just a, a blind shot in the dark, but we'll see what happens with our picks this week. I like it. That was, as anticipated, a robust episode. Probably, I'm guessing, will be one of our longer episodes of the year, actually. So a lot of content in here for you, Stinky Nation. And Brent, I'm just looking forward to that boner of a game on Thursday night. Are you kidding me? Bills, Rams, it does not get much better than that. And we are just mere days away, Brent. It's like three days away. Yeah, let all the braggadocio, the fanfarinade the schadenfreude and the rotomontade flow this week because week one is upon us get your super team capes out and all that and good luck to everyone in stinky nation in this week one we have some fab pickups coming up on wednesday we'll see how that shakes out but like you said a juicy game on thursday and seven hours of commercial free football on Sunday, fellas. Can't wait, Brent. And I can't wait to get back with you next week. Same stinky time, same stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, good night now. All right, kids. You knew it was coming. It's time. Sing along. Play it in your head. Sing along to it. I'm running from Nihad. I'm running from him. I'm running from Nihad. I'm running from him. I'm running from Nihad. I'm running from him. That's right. I'm running from Nihad. I'm running from him. He's chasing me up and down the halls. He's grabbing both arms and then my balls. I'm running from me hot. I'm running from him. He told me he's Bosnian and I'm a Jew. I told him I didn't know what to do. I'm running from me hot because of dick sex. I may have one fantasy blitz But that won't let me take back Auschwitz I'm running from Freak Squad I'm running from him There's more to the story Than I may not know But my memory says that I did not blow 
I'm running from Nihad. I'm running from Nihad. I'm running from Free Squad because Nihad is Frank. I'm ordering pasta fagio. I'm saying it like I am not cool. He called a fagioli once. Running from Freak Squad. I'm running from him. I'm ordering Luxardo. Cherry's my man. The waitress, she sees my super cool elbow slams. Who does that? I don't know why I was kicked out. Perhaps they just don't know my fucking awesome clout. Your sight for sore eyes, baby. Sight for sore eyes. My team's only good every six years, and guess what? My running backs blow. To be continued Fuck you